Hey guys, this is David. Wanted to give you a heads up before you listen to what may be the best podcast we've put out on chemistry, that The Porch is officially on break for 2018. So while we are on break over Christmas and New Year's, wanted to encourage you to go check out theporch.live and find resources related to past content from Views from the Porch podcast to our past sermons and messages from our normal Just Porch message podcast from Tuesday Night Messages to also our YouTube channel and the Porch app, which is available on iPhones and Androids and really whatever smartphone you have. So go check those out. We will see you in 2019. It's been a great year. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up? It's your boy, JP, and this is Views from the Porch. And today I am in the podcast studio with the only, the one and only. Yep. Elena Hoff. Yeah. Yep. Yes, you are. <laughs> and David Marvin. Hey We're both right. here. They're both here. All three of us are here. All three of us are here. One and onlys. What are we talking about, David? We Marvin? are talking about chemistry in dating and relationships. My favorite class. How important chemistry. is chemistry to the high school education system? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't know. Is, uh, did you guys take I, IBC? Use? IPC? Integrated physics and chemistry? No, man. I was in the dumb people classes. <laughs> I took science. I think everyone had to take that in my high school. Uh, we're talking about relational chemistry, not chemistry with beakers and periodic tables, but chemistry as it relates to finding a spouse, dating relationships. How important is chemistry? People clicking that kind of uh, magnetic, just, uh, you know, you've experienced it everyone has where it's just like eyes you make eyes and oh i think there's something there sparks begin to fly metaphorically speaking don't you i think the question should be how important should it be because i think how important is it depends on how important a person sees it as and i think today young adults see chemistry as very important and i would say biblically speaking which i think you know god created the world he is the creator. He invented uh, genders and sex. He invented relationships. He invented marriage. And I think his instruction says that chemistry is not that important or it depends on what it's founded in, which is a little bit messy, but we can kind of sort that out as we as we move on. Or even what it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not even sure that I have a great grip on what chemistry is. Do either of you? Yeah. Like uh, what do you? I mean, go go a narrower question. Like I was thinking, is chemistry the same as attraction? Yeah, I, I, I think that it is. Um, I think it's closer to attraction than compatibility. I think a lot of times we say, hey, is chemistry compatibility? And I would say, man, there's no compatibility in relationships. Like every person is incompatible learning to be compatible through uh, dying to self, through selflessness. Uh, I think chemistry is closer to attract attraction, physical attraction, uh, feeling, you know, all the feels, getting the butterflies in the stomach. And um, and that that's what we're really calling chemistry. Is there is there a feeling mixed into um me spending time with this person. So I hear you saying, no, that is not something that should be important. I don't think it should be. And I think it's going to come and go. And so I wouldn't make des- huge decisions based on it. 
Uh, here's what I mean, right? Like I think you, you, let's just take marriage. So marriage is the goal of dating. Uh, someone defined, my friend Daniel defined dating as um, seeking the suitability of a spouse. Is that what he was? De- determining the suitability of a spouse, which I think um, that's as good of a definition as I've heard. And so you're trying to find out if in dating, you're trying to find out, hey, could this person be someone that I'm married to? And I think in marriage, if that's the end goal, I th- which I think it should be, the feels are going to come and go. And so the chemistry is going to come and go. And so sometimes you're going to feel more chemistry than others. Most relationships start with a lot of chemistry and then it wanes over time. And it's something that you um, you fight for and you work for. And it's a lot like, you know, it's like another relationship I can think of. Do you guys know which one? Uh, with God. with God. Yeah, our relationship with God. I think sometimes we feel close to God and sometimes we're doing, you know, spending quiet time or time uh, in the scriptures, in the Bible, prayer, and it doesn't, we don't feel close to God, but it doesn't mean that God's any less real. It doesn't mean that we should pursue him less. I don't know that we should make any decisions based on how we feel uh, towards God, um, but rather continue to move through those disciplines and, and stir our affections for him. Uh, so much of that is transferable to marriage as well. So in today's age, I would say it's really hard to divorce um, the reality of dating, which is a modern day phenomenon. And uh, almost, I wouldn't say the requirement of chemistry, but to play the other side, I think that most people are going, hey, I just have to be able to have some uh, connection. connection with this person in order to move forward in any meaningful way with them or else I, I, it's a free country and I have the luxury of being able to date anybody that I want, you know, within reason, so to speak. Uh, I'm not going to continue this relationship. So what would you say to that? So let, let's just, so you're just saying, Hey, all, the feels are important in a relationship. We feel that. So let's just, you kind of started with dating, which is a modern day phenomenon. That idea that you should feel something towards somebody is a modern phenomenon. And so in the, let's see, in the fifties, the majority of people said that love, a feeling of love was not necessary to get married. And then you, after the sexual revolution, you, you majority of people would say it's absolutely necessary. And so this was a a study uh, that, you know, we recently cited during the fantasy series at the porch. And so um, just let's consider what happened in between there. You had the sexual revolution. Uh, People began to put a lot of weight on the fields, but also you have an increase of divorce rates. So marriages are less successful with with that shift. And so we can say there's a correlation there or not, uh, if, if that's cause and effect or not, but it's certainly a fact that that's how people felt. And then this is what's happening. You see more divorces, uh, lower marriage satisfaction rates. And then you back up into biblical times, you had arranged marriage. And so chemistry wasn't even a possibility, really, uh, this side of marriage. I mean, in marriage, it could be, but this side of marriage, you're meeting your spouse at the altar or just before the altar. And really, uh, you know, that, that's not to say that there wasn't chemistry in marriage because a lot of times there's a lot of chemistry between two strangers. I mean, you you know, that, that may be some people's crazy fantasy out there. I, I think that's a lot of people's fantasy. Sexual fantasy uh, is, you know, to, to have sex or experience intimacy with a stranger. And uh, and so in, in arranged marriage, you know, something like that would happen. I imagine that there's chemistry, but it played zero role 
in dating. And so then you say that dating is a modern phenomenon. And so, you know, in the late 1800s, the word dating is introduced into our vocabulary as a euphemism for prostitution. It literally meant paying for sex. And so now it becomes this, this modern phenomenon of how, how we actually choose a spouse. And I think we're going into dating all wrong. We're thinking about it all wrong. We're thinking about it like a, a, a ride at a theme park. Hey, how do I experience joy and pleasure, the ups and downs of a roller coaster, all, all the thrills, all the feels. And, and then if I stay on the ride long enough, I might find myself in marriage. And I think that is setting us up for a lot of disaster. So if you are a Christian guy or Christian girl and um, you decide, I don't want this relationship to keep moving forward because I just don't feel a connection with them, you are wrong. I think that if that is your sole, um, if that is your sole reason, like that's the only reason, hey, everything else is there and I don't want this relationship to move forward because I don't feel a connection, I would say you go work on you. You're not wrong. The relationship should probably not move forward, but but you need to go work on you and and ask the question, why am I not attracted to the things that God's attracted to? Because in 1 Samuel 16, it says, you know, we're talking about David and the comparison to his brothers. And it says that God does not look at the outer appearance but he looks at the heart. And so if this person has a great heart, a renewed heart, they're surrendered to the spirit, they're honoring to God in their choices, they're pursuing God with their life, and you're saying at the end of the day, I don't feel a connection to them, then what is it that the Holy Spirit in you is not attracted to the Holy Spirit in them? And that may be something with with where you're at in your faith journey. Okay, so we're about to have the most listened to podcast that we've ever done because here's here's the question so many people want to know. Based on what you're saying, uh, it, it becomes increasingly challenging. Like, I don't know how to decide who I should date and who I should marry because I'm at Watermark. Let's just say I'm a single guy. I'm at Watermark and you just told me that chemistry is really not that important and I should be attracted to what God is attracted to, which is somebody who is radically devoted to him and is pursuing him. And so there are not thousands of girls maybe, but there are at least lots or several, let's call it 100, let's call it 500, whatever it is. How do I then decide mm-hmm. which one of them? Yeah, because is it, we're saying attraction really isn't that important. Yeah. Chemistry and connection isn't that important. But I got to decide. Like, I mean, I I could flip a coin and marry any of them, but uh, it's, it's, you're asking a great question, and I want your I want the audience to consider this question: How do I decide who is a suitable spouse if it's not based on chemistry and and not solely based on chemistry, or even majorly based on chemistry and not majorly uh, based on uh, attraction. And so let me ask you a question, David, you get dropped off at, a, um, a public basketball court. Okay. And so there's lots of guys there. Uh, they, they're playing basketball. The game is over and, um, you want to play. It's a pickup game of basketball and they say, Hey, your team captain. All right. Your team captain. And, uh, then there's another team captain and you don't know these guys. And so you got to choose your team. What, what are you going to, how are you going to choose them? I'm looking for the tallest, most athletic-looking person there. Yeah, and so you're saying, hey, has I, a great heart. So, <laughs> so you're saying, hey, in basketball, height is an advantage, which I agree. Athleticism is advantage, and so you're doing the best you can with minimal information to make the choice of, hey, who do you think's going to uh, excel on the basketball court? Who do you think's going to lead you to success, to the win, to to the victory? And so I would say the same is in marriage. What? Uh, let's just say your guy, which I think is the scenario that you set up. So there's a guy. He's at church. And uh, what 
what qualities make a good spouse, a wife rather? What, what is he looking for in a wife? Well, I, I think in the scenario, I'm saying, hey, there's a hundred people yeah. who are equal in godliness, which, which breaks down. But let's say they're at least past the threshold yeah. of what you would say, hey, this is the type of woman you should look for. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be equal in godliness, but so I th- and I think that matters. Yeah. But let's just consider, let me ask you this. Why would you look for, in the game of basketball, why would you look for height? Uh, because it's a strategic advantage. How so? I mean, Closer to just, the rim. Yeah, you're closer to the rim. And so uh, there's just, if I'm just using my context clues, I, I think that they're going to have a, a, a better opportunity over the others, uh, over the other options at putting the ball in the rim. And because the object uh, objective in basketball is to put the ball uh, through the hoop, then that's that's what I'm trying to do. That's the problem I'm solving for. What's the objection in marriage? What do you want your wife, what are the tasks that she needs to be able to do? And I think you're right. This may be the most listened to podcast based on your answer, buddy. So think long and hard about that question. This is so much pressure. Speaking for the people here. (laughs) Um, uh, There's several things. I mean, biblically, uh, you could answer that question. It's, hey, she needs to be faithfully and devoted to Jesus, period. Yeah. Because I might not have children. I mean, we we had do, but in the scenario, the guy may not. There's certain qualities and characteristics you should look for. She's got to be able to submit and follow me as I follow Jesus or follow that guy. Let's say, let's say, um, you know, I think it's safe to assume if you want to get married um, that you want a family Uh, through a biblical worldview. I believe that's true. That uh, the uh, Psalm one twenty seven says that children are the blessing from the Lord. Blessed is the person whose quiver is full of them, who has lots of children. And so I think as, as you pursue marriage, you're, you're thinking in, in, through a biblical worldview of, hey, I want a family. And so you hinted towards this. I'm just going to feel like So she should be um, good at nurturing, caring for children. Um, she should be good at, uh, at discipling, teaching, instructing. And so now, all right, so now in those 100 girls, you, you have a, a matrix. What else should she be good at? What else are objectives? in marriage but let's say this um this is and this is where i think we put the biggest emphasis on is sex so sex is something i want to do in marriage i think there's this presumption that sex is better or more fun with an attractive person so then we put a, a because we value sex so high then we value the physical attractive piece so high and i think we're we're out of whack in that but i've said it before you know sex is what you're going to be doing if you have a lot of it if you have a lot of sex intimacy you're going to be doing that uh 0.06% of the time and so hopefully She's good at a lot of other things, a lot of other objectives in marriage as well. Um, and we, we talked about discipling children. Uh, together, you guys are going to be running the household. And so wherever your deficits are at running the household, hopefully, hopefully she is gifted in some of those areas. What else? What other? What else are objectives in marriage? Um, I mean, I'm, uh, what other biblical objectives are there? Sure. Or, or just any, I mean, it doesn't, we can say, so earning an income that we have to, we have to pay our bills. And so hopefully one of you guys has a, a means to earn an income. And so you're solving that problem. And this is this in the same way that you choose somebody on the basketball court, because you assume they're athletic and tall, uh, they're going to give you an advantage in putting the ball through the hoop. We need to, to, to choose somebody who is going to be good at marriage. We need to understand what marriage is. I mean, that's, that's basics, right? Uh, the, the example that is a story that I've told before is, um, 
you know, in biology classes, we were partnering up. Uh, the teacher was was giving us partners of the opposite sex. I was really hoping for, you know, the fictitious name Kelly because I was attracted to her. And uh, so I was hoping that she'd be my partner, but I didn't consider what we'd be doing. And Kelly was grossed out by frogs. And the, the, the objective was dissecting frogs. So I chose the wrong partner based on the wrong qualities because I didn't consider what we'd be doing. And so if you're choosing someone to be married to for the rest of your life, you need to start with considering what is marriage. And then when you understand what marriage is, then you can understand what you value in that partner. And so we just talked on, uh, talked on, uh, taught about, you know, what marriage is in the fantasy series at the porch. So I, here, here's the thing that I think a lot of people wrestle with. And sometimes I think we don't always do a great job at describing. I don't always do a great job. I'll at least say that. Yeah. It's for you, not me. And by me, I mean, not me. Um, <laughs> So we say, hey, godly girls, there's a bunch of godly girls. Let's, let's hang here for the porch. If nothing else, let's hang is, here. Or, I'm th- down. So we got, we got 500 godly girls. 500. In the 500, um, you know, out of the 5,000, those, those are not radically pursuing Jesus, yep. but they are godly uh, girls. 4,500 harlots. 4,500 harlots <laughs> that are out there. You know who you are. <laughs> You know what category you fall into. But then we have, now we go, hey, the objectives and the skills, like, oh, they're really nurturing, they're good at cooking, they're good at whatever you're saying, hey, in marriage, they're they're, um, financially... Stable. Stable. I mean, I I think for guys, they don't often think about that. Let the record stand, David said cooking, that wasn't me. (laughs) I, I, I... I stand by. It. Just keep okay. going. Keep going. He said that cookie thing that one. Blue Apron people, it's out there. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay, so they have those skills. So we got yep. those skills. We got their godly. And then I think most of us have this third Venn diagram. If you drew three circles, con, uh, consecutive circles or whatever it's called, where there is, hey, they got the skills. They got godly. And then I have to move. In order to move me over the edge, I have to be attracted. And I hear you saying, no, you do not. It doesn't matter that much. I'm I'm saying you won't be. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. Beauty is fleeting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Beauty is fleeting. So I think it's, and so when you, I've read that somewhere, right? It's Proverbs 3130. And so if you have put the majority of your investments on the thing that's fleeting, any financial advisor is going to tell you that's really poor investing. You you are day one investing in a depreciating asset. So I would put your chips, your, your proverbial stocks, if you will, your money uh, on some other assets, because that particular asset, the wisest man who ever lived said, the second wisest man who ever lived said, it is fleeting. It's, that is a depreciating asset that's going away. And it doesn't take us, uh, it doesn't take a lot of brain power to understand that that's true, that, that most of our listeners are not attractive, attracted to 80 year old men or 80 year old women. And so it's like, ha ha, you're right. What about 75 year old women? What about 70 year old women? What about 65 year old women? What about 60 year old women? What about 50? 55 year old woman. What about 50 year old women? And, and right about now, some dudes are like, oh, I know a 50 year old that's hot. Hey, that's cute. Okay. That's neat. And maybe you can do a lot of plastic surgery and try to preserve your beauty and get Botox and, you know, injections in your eyebrows and whatnot. Listen, I get it. But the principle that the scripture gives us is true. Beauty is fleeting. And so you, you have to understand that you and her 
right? Or you and him are not going to be 23 your entire life. And and her body, if if the Lord blesses you with children, her body's going to stretch, you know, to carry a human, to literally to create another life. And and her hormones are going to, you know, play a factor in that. Uh, her, her belly's going to stretch way out, you know, and, um, She's going to gain a ton of weight, a lot of water weight, and it's all these things that you never think about. The 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 breasts that you were attracted to are going to become functional. I know that that I know people are like, did he just say that? I just said it because it's a fact. It is a scientific biological fact, and and single people don't think about it that way, and 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 so in as you're going into marriage. I would just say, hey, I would not put the highest values on physical attraction. You're missing out what the agreement is. It's a partnership in life. And so if she's, if she's really, really, really hot, but she sucks at life, you, you've, you've made a really poor choice. Likewise, if he's really, really attractive and he's a doctor, but he's not very good at life, uh, living out his purpose, pursuing the Lord, you've made a really, really poor choice. It's good. I'm going to just press one more time here. Come on. I think. Come on. So let's use it. So we got 500. You're making me mad. I, oh, I can tell, buddy. Yeah. I, can, I can tell. Regions, Monday nights. And uh, hey, all right. So there's 500 people. And are 500 potential options. You guys following me? Yep, mm-hmm. 500. And out of that 500, 300 of them have, let's just say we listed out the skill sets that are going to be most valuable and most crucial to having a successful marriage and the spouse you should look for. So nurturing, disciple maker, surrender to Christ. Maybe she um, is, she's she's complementary to deficiencies you have. She's organized. Yeah. So it's I'm, I'm tracking. So 300 of them, 300 you know, of them are, are, are even. 300 of them are even. Yeah. How do I choose? Okay, so let me let me ask. apart from attraction because yeah. I think that's where guys get lost. Is that yeah. like any of these are options? Yeah. He just said, "Yeah, I'm going to go with the one that I think so. looks most I, pretty I, today." And, Check yeah. yourself. I'm a, I'm going to be not attracted to all of them someday, yeah. but yeah. at least I'm attracted to one right now. So let's say you have you have John. This is okay. good people. John, this is good. John is choosing from his 300 even Stephen girls who all love Jesus. And they all go to his church and they all serve and, and, and care for orphans and whatnot. And um, I wonder, let's just, let's just dialogue. I wonder, you say, hey, John, I want you to choose the one you're most attracted to. So we got John and Jim. We got two men here. All right. Y'all track with me. Two oh, yeah. men choosing from the 300 girls. Yeah. And this it. is like some kind of weird <laughs> Christian bachelor uh, scenario. But you got John <laughs> and you say, John, I want you to choose the one you're most attracted to. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim. We're going to put the 300 names in a, in a, in a jar for you. We're going to shake them up and you're just going to draw one out at random. This is gold. I wonder who's going to be better off 10 years later. Who do you think? Every, I mean, everybody would assume, like the, everybody's thinking, that's crazy. Of course it's John. And I would just take the other side and say, hey, I, I, we have no idea. And it's probably Jim. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. It's probably Jim because he's, you know. He's like, man, I just, I chose a godly girl. And I know that that, I know a million, because a million people listen to this podcast, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. A million minds just exploded around the world. And I get that. And, and you think I'm crazy, but I, I just would say, hey, I've, I've done young adult ministry for 12 years. I've, I've been to hundreds of weddings. I've done dozens of weddings. 
I've seen the couples that work out, the ones that don't, and I just wouldn't put a lot of stock on physical attraction. I'm not backing down off that. And and you hadn't even given me the the number one, um, you know, number one contradiction that I always or uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, um, obstacle objection. The number one objection I usually hear on this is, well, your wife, but your wife is beautiful. She she is. She I, I'm not going to argue with you there. She is beautiful. And, um, and if she got hit by a bus today, which I I hope never happens, I hope I, I hope I die before she does. Um, but if she did and I was faced, forced to remarry, I would choose the godliest girl that I could and I'd marry them because I think that sets me up for the most success in marriage. I love the gym, John, because I think in some ways, I just think it's really true. And I think all of us could agree it at least would not be right for us to say it's definitely not going to be Jim. In other words, if we look at that, who's going to be better off in 10 years, the guy who picked his girl or the guy who had it picked for him, uh, I think just based on everything that we've seen, you can't rule out that, hey, it may be Jim that's better off. By the way, The Bachelor is a little bit living experience of this, right? And so you have all of these people that have have had the perfect scenario i mean beautiful men with dozens of beautiful women to choose from and i think there are two maybe three that are still married and so one is is a friend of mine and and his wife is a godly woman she's a god-fearing woman and i and so it's it's the godliness uh that that is holding them together not the physical attraction and Every woman that those men have to choose from is physically attractive, yeah. and and yet they they stink at. It. I mean, they failed miserably over and over and over again. Totally. But let me let me take a step back really quick. So you you mentioned that chemistry. You were talking about chemistry and ch- attraction, like interchangeably. And I think people would say, well, it's not just attraction. Like there's some people who I just naturally like can talk to more talk to mm-hmm. like in a way that we just click better yeah. and like we have more common interests. Yep. Like I, I like all of these things and this girl likes them too. Like yep. I like football. She likes football. I like going camping and she likes going camping. Yep. Like why can't I pick off of those things too? So we can actually do things together and have fun together. And yep. it's not just physical attraction. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear people say that that's important, you know, having common interests. So I want to address that. I, I'll, I'm going to, speak out of my insecurity for a minute if I can, because I carry a real insecurity into this conversation. I think I, I'm afraid that people hear me talk about this and they're like, oh, he's just bitter. And so I want to say something that I believe <laughs> is true. Okay. Uh, I don't know anyone with a more fulfilled marriage than I have. And I, I mean that I, I really do. And I, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I know lots of godly marriages. My wife and I have an amazing marriage. Okay. An amazing intimacy, uh, amazing, you know, we get along, we enjoy each other. I can't wait to see her when I get home today. And so that's, that's the background there. Just so you're not like, Oh, he's just bitter. That's why he's saying these things. Now, what's true about us is when we got married, there were, we had, you know, several things in common. We loved cruises, And so I know that's weird, but keep in mind, we weren't believers when we started dating. And so um, I actually proposed on a cruise. It's messy, I know, but we were were pursuing the Lord at that time and we were there with friends and staying separately and whatnot. And so um, we loved cruises. We loved comedy clubs, comedy shows. And, uh, you know, and and we loved, you know, to go out in social settings. Now, I would tell you, I 
still love all three of those things. I love cruises, love comedy clubs, still love to go out with friends. She doesn't. She's a, a homebody. Uh, she doesn't like cruises at all, would, would rather go on any vacation other than a cruise. And, and she doesn't enjoy comedy clubs. And so the things that we, we had in common when we got married, they've changed, but it's okay because now we have other, we have three children in common. You know, we, we have, uh, responsibilities in common. We have, we're doing life. And so marriage is not about just, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a roller coaster. It's not like we're just looking for the next thrill and the next feel. Um, we're, we're partnered up to conquer life. And so she's my partner. I mean, I, this shirt that I'm wearing right now. Can you guys see the shirt? I, I, I forgot that I was speaking to a company today just before this podcast. And I forgot I was supposed to wear a nice shirt. So who, who do you think I called? I called my wife. I'm like, hey, can you help me? Can you bring me a shirt? Can you help me? You know why I asked for help? Because I need help. Life's freaking hard. You know, and as you're going through it, all the single people said, amen, you're going through it alone. You need a helper. And so I'm her helper. She's my helper. We're helping each other. And and marriage is a lot of that. So as you're choosing someone that you're going to spend forever with, choose someone who's really good at helping you, both man and male and female, because that you both like rock climbing, that might change. Mm-hmm. That you, you both love video games or you, you love to binge watch friends, that may change, okay? You're going to get sick of watching friends. Or maybe one of you will and one of you won't. Your interests are going to change. The things that you have in common will change. All of those things are most likely changed. You may get married. I'm going to say something crazy. Say it. Say it. Okay. You may get married, right? And, and, and um, after the honeymoon, she may run to the store. She may get T-boned by a semi-truck that drags her 200 yards on her face, you know? And, and she may be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And now your lot for the rest of your life is, is to change her diapers and to care for her. Right. And you never thought marriage was that, but it might be for you. And so if you go into marriage thinking that it's, you know, one long roller coaster ride of thrills and feels, you're going to be left devastated because you don't know. What it is and, and the whole like caring for one another, it may be a lot more of you caring for them, right? It may be it, the rest of your life may be you caring for your spouse and that's what you're signing up for at the altar. And we, because we don't sign up for that, half of marriages fail and, and really much more than half fail. 50% of them get a divorce and somebody's going to write in and argue that it's less than that, 40%. Use your number, okay? Nearly half of all marriages get a divorce and then you have this other percentage where they're miserable and they're sleeping in separate rooms and they're friends and the roommate or they're not even friends, they're roommates. They coexist. And, and so there's very few marriages that are successful. I have one of them. You have one of them. You have one of them, right? And it, it's not because we valued attractiveness as ultimate. But I, to your point, Elena, I think chemistry is different than attractiveness. And we kind of got mm-hmm. blended there together. There's been girls, we've all, as guys, and there's been guys, I'm sure, where you're like, they're a handsome guy. She's an attractive girl. And then uh, when I remember when I was dating, that's a cute girl. And then as I talked to her, there's no way I would ever want to spend any time with you. Yeah. Either just you, uh, there was, I couldn't even point to anything that on paper, maybe she was nurturing. It wasn't, I was like, oh man, she's not nurturing. That's a turnoff. It just was, hey, there wasn't a click there. There was some chemistry element. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even saying that's right. I'm saying out of the 300, I think most guys default to all things equal. Yeah. I can pick any of them. I'm going to pick one of them. Yeah. And I still don't know based on yours, other than to ask JP to draw a name out of a hat for yeah. me. 
I don't think you're saying that. Yeah. So what would you tell them of here's how you should pick I would, all things equal? I, I don't think all things are ever equal. So, so I think it's irrelevant. I would, I would say what I've said many times and what I would do myself. Choose the godliest girl that you know. And, and she stand out. She's the one that you want to connect with your friend. She's the one that you want to set your friend up with and marry her, assuming you're a godly guy. And, and okay, if you don't want to marry her, you're scared to do that, take her out first. Take her on a date. Can I say something to what you said a second ago? Yeah. So that girl, let's just go in the scenario. I'm going to ask you to be specific. That girl that you're attracted to, that you talk to, that you're like, okay, I don't want to spend any time with her. And you, you he got an amen from you. What... <laughs> What, give me, tell me why, like what, just let's, you can make it up, fictitious, hypothetical. What does she do that made you not want to spend any more time with her? She annoyed me. Yeah, but how though? <laughs> but let's just say, uh, let's, let's, you know who you are. No, well, let's say, let's say she started, um, um, uh, plucking her eyelashes. You know, that, that was her weird, nervous tick as she'd pull out her eyelashes. And you're like, man, that's weird. And I'm, I'm done with that. Right. Is that fair? I, I think that's fair. Or her friends annoyed me or... But, but you just have to she, say how. I'm asking how. You got to go specific with me. It, it could be like you're in a conversation with her and the conversation felt super um, not deep. Like just very... Like maybe you felt like she was unintelligent. Mm-hmm. Or or fake or yeah. not authentic. Right. Or um, just Just give me, give me anything specific that I can play with. Like she did this and I was annoyed and I said, I don't want to spend any more time with her. Um, I, well, uh, let me, uh, let me make up a hypothetical. Yeah. She was a godly girl mm-hmm. who, um, was, I think, I think is, and was then all the qualities you would look for in someone. Yep. But based on my personality, she was just a little bit too, um, much of a go too strong of a personality for yeah. me who also has a strong personality. Yeah. That would be the most, that's yeah. the most that's, clear one that comes to mind. That's great. That's great. That's really helpful. Hey, and so how long have you been married? Six and a half years. Six and a half years. And so let's just say, what if, what if, um, what if Callie, your wife, um, goes on a girl's retreat and they attend a Tony, um, Robbins conference, Tony Robbins conference or, or some conference. And she comes out back very empowered and her personality over a weekend changed. And she becomes this really strong woman, stronger than you and, and strong in, in, in personality. Like you were using the word, uh, what if that happens? Do you, do you divorce her? No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. And so are you attracted to her? Yes. Yeah, of course. Cause she's your wife. You're going to work to be attracted to her. But had she gone to that Tony Robbins conference before we got married and before we started dating, I may not have dated her. That, that again, I'm, I'm just bringing it back to it because I think a and, lot of guys get stuck. And that girl that was had a really strong personality then, you know, that was, was like you, the female version of you, mm-hmm. um, she may likewise go to a conference and... Man, something may shift. Maybe this the chemistry in her brain, serotonin levels, I don't know. So, something may happen in her world where she becomes super subdued and uh, the opposite of whatever you experienced. And and then that girl that you were like completely attracted to, I know it's weird hypothetical we're talking about. I'm talking to a married man, happily married man. Um, but in that weird hypothetical, that girl that you were really attracted to other than except this one thing, what I'm saying is that one thing may change. Life is a journey. And so, yes, the thing you're, you're trying to get me to say, the thing that you're you're um, you're feeling out that, that for them 
on behalf of our listeners, yes, you have to make educated decisions for sure. And you use everything. And a, and a part of it, I will say a part of that is, is attraction. I mean, that that's like, I don't think you have to marry the ugliest person you can find. And I don't think you have to overlook the most attractive person that you know of either. Uh, it is a factor. It's just not a primary factor. That's all I'm saying. It's fleeting. It's changing. It's going to go away. One thing I heard you say that was super helpful was that you just need to be able to cherish her. Like you've told that to guys, like maybe you, you're not, you don't have to be super attracted to her or have a ton of chemistry, but you need to be able to cherish her. And if you don't think you can do that, you should not marry her. You have to be able to choose to cherish her. And to the ladies, I would say, you have to be able to choose to respect him for the rest of your life. Before you say, I do, before you marry them, you need to ask yourself the question, can I cherish her for the rest of my life? Can I choose to treat her like a princess? Can I sacrifice my own interest for her best interest uh, to make her feel special every single day? Mm-hmm. Um, am I signing up for that? And to the girl, I would say, am I uh, am I choosing to respect him, to, to um, set him up like a king, to e- even when he's lost his job, to not talk down to him, to not disrespect him, to not tear him down with my words, but to build him up constantly to others? Am I, can I choose to do that? Because you have to be able to choose to do that before you say I do. If you have those two things in place or those one thing in place, respectively, again, assuming that, that the Lord has both of your hearts, that you're fully committed to Christ, you're going to be fine. You're you're going to have a great marriage, and and that goes, you know, even if you're not physically attracted to one another, you're going to have a great marriage. So I think in conclusion, to go back to that scenario that 300, the guy, how do you pick? I almost hear saying, it really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> yes. I mean, right? Yes. That's what I'm, I'm saying that every way I know how. So to the guy who says, hey, I'm looking, I'm going to choose this person just because I'm attracted. I, let me Great. ask you this. Am I saying it doesn't matter at all? No, you're saying it's not a primary factor. It doesn't matter that much. I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. I'm not saying you got to be a martyr. I'm not saying you shouldn't take into consideration, am I physically attracted to them? I'm saying it's probably not top 10 on your list. And, and, and there are a lot of brilliant people that disagree with me and I respect that. Um, but, but more than anything, what I would say is beauty is fleeting because God says that he tells us that it's good. And charm is deceitful, is deceit, deceitful and deceptive, deceitful. And so, um, uh, what I, what I get out of charm and beauty is chemistry. What I think Proverbs thirty one thirty is talking about is is what I would call chemistry. And so again, we need to define these terms as we're talking about if they're important or not. But I think Proverbs thirty one thirty, I interpret that as talking about chemistry. It's good. Dude. And and listen, let me just say this because somebody may be thinking Song of Solomon uh, seems to value chemistry or in physical attraction. And um, but and I I understand that argument and I I don't deny that. I, I think that's true. I love it most listen to podcast ever i'm calling it that's all i got all right share it with your friends hey that you we took reference the fantasy series you can find that uh through the porch app the porch app is free on in the itunes store the the um app store uh and then the android what's the android version called Oh, no. It's called get an iPhone. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's free on your smartphone. Uh, you can get that app, the porch app and listen to the fantasy series, other dating series in there as well. Uh, there's been lots of them. Summer loving. Let's play a game. Which ones can we think of real quick? Dating series. Save First the comes date. Love. Save the date. Relationship goals. Relationship goals. Summer loving. 
Boy Meets Girl. Boy, Boy meets, meets Girl. Cupid. Cupid. Battle of the Sexes. Yeah. So there's a lot of them on there. Anyways, we love you guys. Thanks for listening to Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.